Welcome to Fans of the Genre 11 for January 16th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm a failing pile of garbage. That we all love dearly. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. This is a weekly gaming show where we talk about sometimes news, what we're playing, other stuff. Uh, I wanted to thank everyone real quick for watching our Nintendo Switch live stream. But um, today we're actually joined by a special guest, Mikey. Yeah, so today with us we have... uh one of my old friends who was the editor-in-chief of the gaming news site that I used to write for called uh, Pulp. It's uh, George Berry. Hey, I was about Welcome. to say brrr, but I didn't want yeah. Brian Altano to sue me. So. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> uh, like he doesn't the, listen to the show, it's okay. Yeah, I, like the, uh, <laughs> I think he might. We have enough listeners to the point that you think so? I think he's the one. Yeah, yeah he's the one. Oh, yeah. he's the one that he keeps seems like a really nice week. guy. So. Uh-huh. No, yeah. he's, he's fantastic. Um, and I like the British equivalent of the brat. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, George now, he uh, is the founder and producer of Team Lutzalt. It's a video game uh, development company. They're making a video game called Sonder. Uh, yeah. George is also a musician under the uh, pseudonym Strife Darko. He has the EP up on Spotify and SoundCloud and wherever else you want to find your music at. Yeah, I said iTunes, but don't don't buy it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, George. Good to have right. well, another guest. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for making me your first international guest, or at least international, where I'm actually in a different country. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of questions for George about uh, his games and the gaming industry and such. But uh, as Rhodes mentioned, we just did the live stream of uh, the Nintendo Switch reveal. And after we've kind of settled in, had a chance to like actually like parse the information because they had like a big show and then like, all right, all the details go check out our website for. So now that we've actually had a chance to check all that out, uh, the predators have come and gone and we have a better glimpse at the games that we're actually going to get to play here shortly. But uh, just kind of want to get everyone's impressions and how we're feeling about it. Um, I'm still excited for it. Uh, I have a pre-order that went through for the gray one and I'll probably just get Zelda and be happy for quite a while. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, it comes out at a pretty like good timing for my job actually, because I do a bit of travel in April and so I'll actually get to take it with me. You'll get to test it. Yeah. Be that guy on the airplane who looks like he's having a ton of fun. (laughs) I think I will. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Definitely. And the even more if, I think about it, the more I'm like, it's it's cool. Even if you're on like a flight that doesn't have a uh, like an actual full-on outlet, you can still charge that because like most airplanes have at least like USB ports now. That's so cool. But Brian so, also has like a really good charging thing that has USB A, and uh, he can probably get a USB A to USB C to charge the switch. Uh, yeah. In my arm. Yeah. 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 Like I'm I'm, I'm so happy that they're doing some proprietary bullshit with that. Like that makes me yeah. so happy. Like. Yeah. Oh. Oh, like, yeah, Sony must be just gritting their fucking teeth at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the Nintendo Switch you can use <laughs> micro SD instead of a proprietary like, <laughs> uh, definitely yeah, as well. surcharge. Yeah, like they're yeah, probably like, like clinking their champagne flutes and like <laughs> they didn't monetize the wire. <laughs> those idiots. Uh, yeah, the, the Vita is probably like one of my like most favorite pieces of hardware. Oh yeah, it's just so terribly supported and like thought out. Really, yeah. it's such a botched thing that could have been phenomenal, but. Between yeah, we, we were looking. We're looking at the feasibility of um, putting Sonder onto it, and then I just looked at kind of the figures. There's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks because it's a beautiful piece of hardware that just has so many like tiny little problems that add up to mm-hmm. a really shitty situation. Oh, it's um, stunning. I'd argue it's better than like the 3ds and stuff, but it's literally oh, me just. Too. Yeah, it's what what Sony is to handhelds is what Nintendo is to consoles. So. Which is, yeah, yeah, why I think the Switch is brilliant, because, like, they need to revive their console market, but they're, like, doing it in a really interesting way that, like, taps in what they've done well, like, since 89, or whenever the original Game Boy was released, like, like they know handhelds. Like, they, yeah. they'll beat anyone at that, and so that they're merging the console and handheld in the one, like, really interesting thing. Like, it's, yeah, like, the best things about the Wii and the best things about the Vita, and they're, like, putting it into just this piece of tech that just seems really beautiful and you know like i was i don't regret my wii u purchase even though i bought it at like four hundred dollars like i played so many great yeah (laughs) yeah uh but i played so many great things on there like the like over the past eight years or however long it's been like my favorite video game experiences were on the wii u Mm -hmm. whether it was like bayonetta 2 or mario mario kart smash and the fact that they're bringing mario kart 8 a game that like just didn't get enough people to play it because it's on the Wii U. Like, that that's coming to the Switch is so... Like, that makes me so happy. Yeah, the yeah. thing that amused me with the uh, Mario Kart said, oh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and we got a new... They they actually heard it said, yeah, we fixed the battle system. Yeah. So, look, that, I, yeah. I understand honesty, <laughs> yeah. but don't say, like, yeah, so you know that game that we fucked first time? Well, don't worry, guys, this yeah. time we got it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is pretty silly. Like, that's the only thing that... I think is like a real like true knock on that game. Like I think Mario Kart Eight's the best Mario Kart, and yeah, it's just yeah. like it, it's such a fucking disappointment that like battle mode, which is one of the most like nostalgia inducing uh, modes of Mario Kart, it's like you know like Mario Kart sixty four, like running around the like skyscraper with the balloons and the block fort. Like like yeah. a lot of people have like really strong vivid memories of that, and the fact that they couldn't recapture that kind of feeling is was a huge yeah. miss. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, but, like, the trailer of it, like, watching that battle mode, it seems to have that same kind of intensity, and I'm, I'm excited. Does Does anyone know anything about, like, um, the backwards compatibility or anything like that? Because it's got five launch titles, and it's cartridge-based, <laughs> so is they, that uh, literally just five games, or...? Yeah, I don't think they've mentioned anything about, like, digital backwards compatibility yet, but I'd actually be willing to bet that Nintendo decided to just do a hard reboot on all of their online services with this one. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to get access to your, like, previous purchases. Or, yeah. And there's obviously no way thing. to... Yeah. And I don't think... Like, like, obviously, there's no way to attach a disk drive to this thing. So, mm. like, I think you're pretty much fucked with backwards compatibility in that regard. But if they, if they, I know. If they do this right, though, like, everything moving forward... Like, this is what we've been saying since the Wii and the 3DS, I know. But, like, you should have just, like, this huge Nintendo library that you should, ac- should be able to access whenever yeah. you want. Hundred yeah. percent. And I was um, I was talking to my girlfriend and myself in the shower actually, um, 
mm. about why I, I've got a theory that Nintendo Nintendo are ter- terrible at business when it comes to consoles because you look at like the Generation 1 Nintendo Entertainment System, um, you know, that, that was great. That came out and they marketed it as a toy, which kind of took the attention away from, you know, the great video game crash, which is also incidentally uh, one of the reasons why people used to say that video games are for boys, but that's for another day. Um, they're they're the cause of that but then SNES great Super Nintendo gotcha N64 not a huge commercial success but like big enough Uh, GameCube eh. and then Wii came out and everyone shat the bed with the Wii and they're like oh this is this is fucking intense then Wii U came out and it just shows that even Nintendo themselves didn't know why the Wii was successful because if they did then you know they carried on and it's this weird thing where they said you know we, we want to keep the Wii brand name, right? The Wii brand name is fantastic. Um, so what are we going to do? And they should have just looked at, you know, Sony, who just said, uh, oh, let's just call it PlayStation 2. Right? The Wii 2, went, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wii 2 would have fucking nailed it. But they just mm-hmm. said, you know what? Nah, I got it. Boys, sit down, get ready. Wii U. And no one yeah. put up their hand and said, that's dumb. They're just like, yeah, roll it. <laughs> Bring out the cocaine. We're done here, boys. And just rolled it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, watching the announcement presentation and, like, seeing the Wii U the actual box itself on the on the stage like on its little pedestal or whatever looking at my friend who was watching it with me going like is that a Wii? is that a new thing i can't even tell from here like mm. it was so confusing watching that presentation I don't, and, I don't know. yeah for, for me it was the first trailer where it's like everyone's in those like weird like hollywood squares boxes like and they're yeah. like these little like tiny living rooms playing it and you just see everyone using the exact same controller that was on the wii and like they never really like Yep. explain like in any fashion in that commercial like this is a new thing like right like this isn't like oh you just buy the tablet and then it works with your wii like i could that there was just a huge disconnect there um right. mm-hmm. and i think what is a problem for the switch trying to recap like like george was saying capitalize on that like what made the wii great is that the wii had wii sports and like everyone was like oh you have to play this thing like it's got you know the boxing and the bowling mm-hmm. and the baseball and like like it's great and mm-hmm them not putting one to switch in the box with, with the switch. Oh, and charging $60 for it. It's, it's 50, but yeah. Okay. Well, uh, either, either way, the money is such, yeah. such that yeah. that's a, that's a whole conversation on again, why their business practices are just, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, like, cause even uh, yeah. Nintendo land was, I think only included in the deluxe bundle of the Wii U, but still was like packed in. And I think mm. that even if you wanted to buy it separately, it was like 30 bucks, 20 or yeah. 30. Which is a little bit more palatable, but still sort yeah. of a mis- and, mistake. I don't know. And I really like Nintendo Land. I played quite a bit of it with my brothers when I first got yeah. my Wii U. So, like, and I'm not as sold on One Two Switch yet. I so. am. I and think it's going to be great. Just once, though, I'd like them to advertise it realistically because no one ever looks that fucking happy playing games like that. There's always <laughs> like because they, th- those those motherfuckers playing it there, they do not play games. So there's going to be like, oh, so I hold hold a gun like yeah. this. Uh, okay, like. Yeah. It's. I, I know it's quite like a cliche, but I just kind of want people like slightly out of breath eating Cheetos, like not not in their pants and stuff, like not that far, but just like honest, just like yeah. Oh Christ! Like it's oh we're, we're having fun, but not just like <laughs> we're models. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it is. It is sort of frustrating because like I don't think I ever smile that much when I'm like watching or consuming any form of media. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watch me stream. I'm just like dead face. Yeah. Like, staring at the, at the PC. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know. Like milking that virtual cow looks pretty great. I know. I think I'd be smiling yeah. if I was milking a virtual cow. Um, I'm pretty excited about the switch. I think that like, it sort of feels like a 
garbage like a garbage fire that's just like hurling down a highway and it has to come out at a certain point right like some of this stuff isn't ready yet like the online service the app uh but i i just like i i like as frustrating as they are sometimes i have to give them credit for like just doing their own thing and trying new things with the way we play games oh yeah and i mean like when when I first when I first saw the announcement, full chub raging, and then I saw the one like a couple of days ago, and it's half chub waiting for Reggie to come <laughs> along, and he's either gonna like <laughs> pat it pat it to fruition or just like punch it as hard as he can. Right. Um, depend depends how good he is at milking that virtual cow. Yeah. I bet Reggie's <laughs> probably the best at that. I bet he is like he got the high score for milking cows. Yeah. Is he, uh, is milking that virtual cow? Is that a good? Um, description of nintendo's virtual console oh wow very good yes <laughs> that's, that's, that's... i don't know milk actually seems to come out of the virtual cow <laughs> uh yeah the, so I, I think the one thing that's like kind of made me a little uh not disinterested totally but like that i'm like really kind of like ah oh, fuck you, you guys really dropped the ball is that uh like how on PS Plus you get like the free games. On this, you are like essentially renting a game for a month that they choose. Yeah. With their uh, online services, like and it's, and it's like fifteen bucks, isn't it? Fifteen bucks a month. Um. So the, I don't think they've given a price point for what their online service is going to be like, but it's yeah, it's NES. This word of like NES or SNES game that you get to play for a month, and then. And then the SNES games might have online play. Yeah, uh, which I, I think that's really cool. But the fact so that I, I agree that it's it's weird that like you don't get to keep it, um, and it, they get to choose. Um, but I heard one interesting take that I hadn't thought of, like Nintendo getting to control which game everyone is talking about at once, could be really interesting for the community. Like we're all talking about the same thing and like learning new things about it, or or maybe yeah. they they like give you an old game to play in an existing franchise that they're about to release a new game for. So it like builds up hype for like, now they're not going to do this, but like what if they gave us super Metroid and tied the release of this like online game that we're playing together with the release of a new Metroid game. Well, mm. well I think they would totally do that. PlayStation does that. Yeah. Like, but what I'm saying is that I don't think they're going to make a new Metroid game. No, That's yeah. what I was getting. Rest, yeah. Rest um, in peace. Yeah. You reckon? Cause I mean, they, <laughs> They, aside from, you know, that little 3DS one, they didn't do one for all of Wii U unless I'm, you know, missing missing a trick. And that was a little little bit of a, an outcry from it. Yeah, no, like, a Metroid game came out, like, four or five months ago. But yeah. nobody is the Federation Force game. Just... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. It's, mm. like, they just do such a, like... Yeah, yeah, everyone wants a Metroid game. All right, let's make a game that has the name Metroid in it. It's like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's almost like they, and they, they have a, 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 yeah, like there's like a design doc with like these are the features we want in a game. Uh, what brand should we attach to it? Okay, oh. you joke, but I actually think that that is how they work sometimes. Like no, that, <laughs> they'll build like, systems and mechanics and levels and stuff, and then they try to fit it to a, an existing franchise. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like, I mean, uh, Ocarina of Time was built off the um, Star Fox sixty four. Like um, they brought a lot of the. Interesting. I uh, brought a lot of the programming over from that. Yeah, you can get an in the game if you uh, get a Game Shark, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, uh, because I use that to. What's the Dragon Boss? The Dragon Boss, the Fire Temple. Um, he Bulbaga. is actually. Yeah, Bulbaga. he is based. Actually, he isn't just based, he actually uses the same um, 
tracking pathing methods that the AI um, fighters use in Star Fox 64. And that's actually how they did it. Interesting. But I, I can totally see that. Like, if I just replaced him in that, like, in that boss battle room with, like, an R-Wing, like, yeah, that's... Star that Fox. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, like, Super, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, they created the, um, like, water the- cannon mechanics, and then they're like, like, how should we do this? Let's mm-hmm. do it with Mario. Like... Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. how... They create a lot of stuff. But, uh... Uh, I guess my... <sighs> I guess, like, while I am sort of hoping that it's just a translation error and that they um, backtrack and say, actually, you get a free game each month, at the same time, with my Xbox, like, Games with Gold, I don't really play that many of those games. And if I get, like, access to a ga- one game a month and then, like, play it a little bit and then put it back down and then don't notice that it's gone, like, it's not the worst thing in the world for me, I guess. Yeah, and it does incentivize you actually playing it, like, when it comes totally. out. There's an expiration um, date. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, there's just something about them like taking a game that's at best like 22, 23 years old, um, and then just like I, I understand that like development's a lot harder than we give it credit, but just it's like that's a game that's you know quarter century old at this point. Like the development cost to like make that isn't the same as the devel- development cost to make like Rocket League, which came out. Released on PS4, brand new for free with PS4. Again, like that's that's bang on. I mean, if they say, for instance, they said it's going to be ten bucks, uh, ten bucks a month, and everything from like GameCube down, we have you like Netflix. You know, you can just play it from Netflix. One of the things that really you know gnaws on my bunghole a bit is when people say that like. <laughs> Sorry, that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when people say, "Oh, you you can't put like N sixty four onto a Wii U because it's got a different firmware on it," so well, number one, you're an idiot, and number two, you clearly don't know what emulation is because emulation right. is literally that is making a software firmware. I mean, that's how you can get Dolphin. I don't understand why. You know, Nintendo just knock on Dolphin and be like, oh, hey, rather than pirating our games, do you, you know, enable yep. the pirating of our games? Would you just want to do it for us? And then, you know, rather than us doing it in, you know, basic CRT monitor resolution, why, uh, you know, we'll just use your thing to upscale it to 1080p. Because yeah. when uh, Super Mario 64 got released and everyone was like, ah, oh, hype, I get to play Super Mario 64 in 1080p on the Wii U. And they basically went, mm-hmm. ah, about that. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. the N64 version. Yeah, actually, with the uh, with the NES Classic, I was listening to the giant bomb cast, and I think they were talking about how someone cracked that thing open, looked at the yeah. source code, and it's actually just existing open-sourced emulation software uh, exactly. that Nintendo modified a little bit. So they're already doing this. Like with, They're already emulating their own games. They could probably do it like well, and- really well for the Switch. I don't know why they don't. It's really easy to crack that open and then just add more to it. Like, yeah, I heard that too. Like, it, it took them a yeah. while to figure out how to do it, but then once they did, it's it really is just like, oh yeah, you just have to like format a thing, like plug it in your computer, format a thing, and then just drag and drop mm-hmm. ROMs into it. Like, oh man, like the if if they did that, if they did the Netflix thing, and say, hey, like ten pounds, ten pounds a month, um, or ten dollars, uh, dollar reduce. Yeah, yeah, um, please, thank you, please, please say yeah. dollars from here on out. <laughs> Real money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can I just say Brexit? Thanks, Donald Trump. Because especially yeah. me, I, I employ I employ quite a few people in America as well. And then um, my mom and dad was like, 
oh, you know, Bre- Brexit is for uh, the local businessman, the English businessman. So, well, <laughs> fuck you, because yeah. suddenly I have to pay a lot more for my American people. And now yeah. Donald Trump comes in and the dollar's a bit shaky. It's like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> L- LGBT community is a bit fucked, but I save a couple of pounds. So, you Oh, know. good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah it swings, <laughs> swings, swings and roundabouts. Yeah. And um, they'll get over it. Is there any are there any final thoughts on uh, on Switch or should we should we move on? Um. So yeah, I I pre-ordered it. I feel totally like I was hoping it'd be like two fifty, but yeah. um, and it'll it'll be cheaper probably in like next Christmas. But yeah, but, I don't uh, think it will. Yeah, with Zelda and with Mario, mm-hmm. Mario Kart, and like you you know that they have to have something at E three. Like they're they're holding back right now. So sure. I'm, but uh yeah uh. Zelda is a, like, if Skyward Sword is, like, 45 hours long, and, like, now they have, like, a proper open-world game, like, reasonably, like, at least, like, 60 hours long. Um, And then they haven't announced it, but, like, it's in a GameStop bundle, like, for launch. Uh, Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Afterbirth Plus is on Mm -hmm. it, which is, like, the version of that game that came out, like, a week ago. Um, I've already put a few hundred hours into Binding of Isaac, and it's super easy to continue to do that. Right. So I have like 200 hours worth of games to play at launch so there you go like i'm actually and like the vita was the perfect place to play binding of isaac and they never got afterbirth at all so the fact that i now have my vita replacement and i have my favorite vita game on it like i'm totally set Hmm. Hmm. uh i Uh, pre-ordered it when it went live on amazon and then i was like (laughs) i'm getting married in a couple months and i shouldn't um, I shouldn't be spending money on this stuff, so I canceled it, which is kind yeah. of a bummer. But the more and more I listen to like uh, people talk about it, and the more I look at the the launch lineup, I'm actually pretty happy if I have to wait a little bit so that I can have more games to play. Well, and, and you have a Wii U, right? I have a Wii U. Yeah. So, you, so you're not missing out on Zelda. So. Ostensibly, I could play Zelda on the Wii U. I feel like I'm going to want to play it on new hardware, but I, it's yeah. probably going to be pretty similar. Um, well, but, yeah, and, and like I'm probably going to get one through Switch. Uh, I'm gonna get Zelda, and I'm gonna get that, and like I can just pop over to your place and play it. So uh, yeah, you can just bring a cool, um, your cool so, new fancy console boy over there. Yeah, yeah. new millennial console. Mm-hmm. No, like I'm, I'm, I am absolutely a Nintendo apologist, and mm-hmm. I will buy most of their hardware day one. And I like, and I yeah, I don't really play my 3ds anymore. Uh, like aside from Pokemon. Um, yeah. And my Wii U, I haven't touched in quite a while, but I still, I played so much great shit on it that I'm totally fine with, you know, the money that I spent on it, even though I had long stretches where I didn't have anything to play on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're just that good at making video games. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm like, excited for the Switch. I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, nah, I, I never really pre-order anything, to be fair, because you always know the first wave is going to be... Uh, or p- has the potential to be rocky. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw my PS4, I saw my Wii, my girlfriend's got an Xbox One, um, but I personally have a gaming PC, and as part of the ma- Master Race, I'll never muddy my paws <laughs> in f- with you filthy fucking casuals. So. <laughs> it's good, yeah. man. I have one too, but I... Oh. Yeah. So I <laughs> I did have uh, one thing that, I, that we kind of talked about on the stream that I was going to mm-hmm. bring to you, George. Yeah. Um, so we know that From Software has been confirmed to develop. For I was it. just looking at that, yeah. Um, if they made a Bloodborne type 
Nintendo exclusive from software game, would that be enough for you to get a Switch? Because I, I know that you adore the Dark Souls games. Yeah, that probably that probably would, if I'm honest. I'd probably drag the bare helmet of my penis through a mild broken glass to play another from <laughs> software game, so <laughs> Yeah, no, like I I I would adore that. Like what I want them to do, if they don't do that, I'd actually want a better way to play the original Dark Souls. Like I want them to do what they did with like Scholar of the First Sin. Um with Dark Souls One. And if they put that on Switch, that's how I would play it. Oh man, if they did if they did Dark Souls Redux, I I yeah, I, I can't even think yeah. of anything gross to say for that. That would just be amazing. I would love That'd it very good. much. Yeah. No, like whatever they were like, alright, we're uh we're gonna do like a deluxe version of a Dark Souls game, it's like, oh fuck yeah, Dark Souls 2. I'm like, come on. Like, do Demon Souls or do Dark Souls like like yeah, Dark Souls 2 is because like, no, no, no. allow Dark Souls two. Dark Souls one is probably the best one. If you take if you take game as a game, like when it came out for its time, like Dark Souls one is by and far yeah. the best one. Yeah, like now to play like Dark Souls three, I I think even mm. maybe over Bloodborne. Um, yeah, really can, you ma- can you imagine Bloodborne at sixty frames per second though? Oh my days! Yeah, that'd be pretty oh, yeah. good. Um, yeah, just Dark Souls three is like it's not the most inventive. It's not the most like visually striking. Like like Dark Souls One's bosses, I think, are just untouchable. Oh, but, uh, and the, the world building of this is just a Dark Souls yeah. podcast because I'm fully on board with that. Um, well, but, yeah, speaking of which, we go ahead and talk about the world building, and then we should probably segue into Brian's how he's how's he doing in Dark Souls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just like Dark Souls One, like Dark Souls Three is fucking fantastic, and Dark Souls Three felt very much like they said, okay, here's Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, and let's take the best things from this. So you know, let's just chuck Dark Souls Two away. And yeah. just reduce it down <laughs> into like a really like really nice nice little nuggets of gaming. But the thing that they did miss, which I did miss, and it was like a bit of a letdown because I was looking forward to a return to this form. It's kind of like the bosses that you just sort of stumble upon. So you sort of yeah. had that mm. with uh, kind of like the big uh, kind of wingy golem boss that was kind of on top of the stone walls without the map to yeah. hand. I can't remember exactly, but. In Dark Souls 1, do you remember that first time where you kind of go into the uh, forest bit and there's those big pulses of light and you just run up to the lake and there's just a fucking hydra there. So, oh, oh, I just got murked, I'm dead. Sick, this is Dark Souls. And then in the ash lake at the bottom as well with just like soft music and then the environment. And again, just like, it's a full boss, but it doesn't have like the big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sick. This is Dark Souls would be a great like mod to throw in for when you die. Mm, instead, yeah. instead of you died, it's sick. This is Dark Souls. <laughs> the, the new life. Um, yeah. So Brian's been playing Dark Souls for the first time because uh, Mikey and I pressured him into it basically. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, he streamed it a little bit last night on our Facebook page, and I, I'm pretty sure I was the only one in the chat consistently for the hour and a half that you were yeah, doing that. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I popped um, in, but I didn't get. I yeah. was busy. We were actually. George, we were watching a big fat quiz. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. That, um, I, oh no, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Fish wasn't on that one. She was on um, the other Jimmy Carl. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten cats. <laughs> yeah, I watched that which, and I was really upset about it. It was like what? not even a week before she was hospitalized. Oh, there, there was a question about what would you like to wake up to on Christmas Day, and then my girlfriend <laughs> says, "Sorry to the lights off." Well, I, I imagine she probably just would have liked to wake up at all. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, yeah. Like in in retrospect, that there are all, like there were a lot of great jokes, and there was like, "Oh man!" Like uh, if only they knew. Like a week ahead. Oh, 
Christ, could you imagine? But, but she's great. So she- Brian is still wandering through uh, the first part of Dark Souls. He just beat the Taurus Demon. Nice. I did, yeah, that was really interesting. Um, it was hard, but uh, I really, en- I guess I really enjoyed it, which is, I think, surprising for what I sort of expected going into Dark Souls. It's, like, cool to just perfect that loop of, like, killing a bunch of guys and then mm-hmm. getting, like, I wouldn't say getting killed very cheaply, but, but being very, like, getting to a new spot and then being very, um, what's the word, ignorant of what's to come and just yeah. dying and then becoming more wary of whatever mechanic is introduced to you yeah and then doing it so yeah, th- uh, that's the beauty of dark souls is that nothing's really cheap right right it's i think you learn i don't know <laughs> every once in a while you do get like caught off guard by someone around the corner and then you just kind of get owned I, I i don't know if I, I i would probably call some of those deaths cheap but yeah you do, couple you of, do like, learn like, how to avoid it once you know it's there yeah but like yeah. it's not like it's not it's never like a boss that's like just totally like unfair. Yeah. Like yeah. you never come across a situation where it's like like impossible to do. Like mm-hmm. th- there's some stuff that's like really hard, but it's just like patience and like learning. Yeah, it was really fun to watch Brian because um, you know he was spawning at the bonfire that's right next to the merchant, but he hadn't discovered the merchant yet. So I yeah. was able to like call him up and I think I actually, <laughs> yeah. we were on the phone and I was on speakerphone for this, for the stream trying to guide him toward the, the merchant. So like, I don't know what I've always liked about dark souls and all the souls games is that like you can play it all by yourself, but I think that they're way more fun and more rewarding. If you actually have like, like we've said, have a wiki next to you or have someone playing with you telling yeah. you how to play. Cause like, I, I, I didn't fall in love with Dark Souls 3 until I had uh, George and our other friend James, who's also a Dark Shit, uh, not Dark, dark Shit, uh, <laughs> a Dark Souls aficionado. And like, yeah. I guess I, I just pulled it up and they're like, okay, where are you at? And immediately knew exactly where I was and was like, okay, you need to go here and pick up this item. Mm-hmm. And like, that one item is actually what like made my, like, that, that changed how the game like felt and played to me and like mm-hmm. was perfect for my build. And then I like, that's when I immediately like just, fell head over heels and left Dark Souls 3. Word. Like, like, yeah, like, and I probably would have missed that item had George not, like, forced me to go pick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I I hate the idea that that's a game that you need to just play completely blind. Like, I, because, mm-hmm. like, you still need to, like, learn the skills and, pick, like, figure out that stuff for yourself. Like, I, I would never, like, look at the bosses. I would just, like, look at the maps and be like, okay, where are the items? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out on, um, like the Estes shards or um, an item that's like really important to my build. Yeah. Brian, you think you're going to keep playing? Yeah. Cause like, I'll keep playing as long as people are interested. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Like seeing how frustrated you were, right? Like that's enjoyable to watch, but then it was also <laughs> even like more enjoyable to see like the satisfaction when you figured out how to beat that boss. Like once you yeah. saw how much damage you were doing with that one attack, I don't know. It's, it's like you said, like every time I died, I saw why I died instead of just being sort of like blinded by like some sort of garbage. Sure. So I really enjoyed being like, Oh, I'll just have to be a little more intentional with my attacks Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So it's fun. Yeah. Cool. That's dark souls. Watch 2017. uh, Real quick. What kind of build are you playing, Brian? Uh, I'm still playing an archer, but I love my I love this battle axe that I found too. Yeah, it's 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 tough to make a go as like just a pure archer. Uh, 
Did you take out the uh, the dragon's tail? No, I was, was going to say he's he, not he there got yet. The Drake sword. Well, if if yeah. you fought uh, yeah. Taurus Demon. Right, oh no, I, I'm getting confused. Seem... I got confused with Capra yeah. Demon. Ooh. There's yeah. a red yeah. dragon on a building right. that killed me. Right. So what you can do is uh, get underneath that bridge that you're on, basically somehow. Yeah. And then shoot. A, There's a ladder. There's somewhere. a ladder. Yeah. And then you shoot a bow at the dragon's tail, like a lot, like hundreds of times. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> it'll drop an item that'll help you out a lot earlier. Yeah. But but if you've been okay. specking into an archer, then it shouldn't take too much. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like okay. like that's the thing about that game is like if you aren't like you actually kind of want to like look a little bit ahead and see like what you need for your build and like plan ahead. And there, I don't know if there's in Dark Souls one a place where you can like totally reset all of your uh, like skill points. Yeah. Um, but like I, I accidentally did that in Dark Souls Three, where I was like putting it into like some magic somewhere else, playing a pure dex build, and then like mm-hmm. once I like took those points that I signed elsewhere and like reassigned them, and like mm-hmm. actually made it work for my build. It, yeah. Um, just to just to be that guy, uh, Hellkite Dragon, technically not a dragon, technically a Drake. Ah, good to know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's weird because gotcha. they call it. Oh, it's the Hellkite Dragon. You kill it, and that gives you the Drake Sword. And so, well, right. I'm really confused yeah. now. I need to know in terms. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm suckling down this lore. Which one is it? Because I can't sleep at night unless I know the yeah. specifics of whether it's a dragon or a drake. Sort it out from software. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, gonna write them a uh, carefully worded email for you about their <laughs> game that came out in 2011. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. retroactively sort it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, let's learn yeah. a little bit about our guest. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, George, you're a game developer. I am indeed. Um, you're, we're going to give you a platform to just like talk about your game and how you got started in the industry. Okay. Um, well, I think I think calling myself personally a developer is um, awfully up myself because technically I'm a producer, which means that okay. I'm a talentless husk of a man, and I get more talented people to do it for me instead. Um, but I actually I actually started just doing blogs and stuff on IGN, not too dissimilar from Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went to Pop365, did this uh, web magazine. Um, and at the time, I also had a job working in the City of London. Those of you that don't know, the City of London is actually a city technically inside of London, uh, but it's mm. a financial industry. Hmm. And I was doing, um, I was advising investors on you know technology and games, etc., etc., etc. And I ended up uh, being placed as um, head of marketing for a game publisher called Playjam. Uh, spent a little time there and then uh, eventually I kind of decided I wanted to do my own thing sacked it off and started Team Woodsort with a few game ideas that I had so it's kind of it's something that obviously I've always wanted to do but mm-hmm. um, it's more kind of using u- using what was available around me to get the experience that you know when I wanted investors to come in they could look at me and have confidence to know that I'm not just talking out my ass which sure. the jury's still out on that, but they don't know that. <laughs> no, that, that, that's your that's your best skill. Yeah, just talking about just, I have a very yeah. talented arsehole. <laughs> like like Ace Ventura. Yeah, this whole time uh, I've been doing a handstand towards the microphone. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow! <laughs> I've got super strong arms as well. Yeah, just really good biceps, gaming yeah. arms. Well, um, yeah, one day I'll have someone to hold. Yeah. <laughs> so you're working on a game called Sonder. I am. Uh, yeah. Let's hear the. Uh, we we wrote down elevator pitch, but 
Uh, you have, you have 30 well, seconds, go. Yeah, Fight. while you were here, like, <laughs> like eight months ago, I, I kind of did the same thing, and you went on for about like five, ten minutes, so... Uh, t- t- that, that's short as well, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's like the elevator pitch is like a running joke with pretty much like. Uh, so my girlfriend actually helps me with um, organizing my shit because I'm a helpless whirlwind of a man. And also Zoe DiGiorgio, who's one of the writers for it as well. She's noticed it that we don't have an elevator pitch. But if I had to describe it, I'd say if you took the conversation mechanics of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. and The Walking Dead, and put it in the graphical style of classic RPGs like Final Fantasy VII, VIII, IX, um, and then kind of put it in a slightly sci-fi universe with tangent universes, ghosts, and question about existence that blends between player and game, then that would be my elevator pitch, which says a lot and nothing at the same time simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I think I'd heard the word Sonder before, but I've, I've since Googled it since learning about your game. And uh, I'm just going to read it based off of like this one website. It says, it's the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. Um, and it seems like, from doing a little research, that's like, a, it's like an internet term. It's something that we all just collectively came up with and defined like it, it's not in any dictionaries anywhere i don't think yeah um does does the game like capitalize on that feeling of uh, of everyone living a life as vivid and complex as your own yeah so basically the game the actual gameplay came from when i was playing persona 4 and i found mm-hmm. myself really enjoying the relationship parts of persona 4 but i really disliked the combat sections um, that aside, Same. I'd say that the game is still fantastic, but the combat sections were just unnecessary. And then I thought, you know, this game would be so good if I could just chat to people. I thought, oh, hey, I can make that game. Why don't I just rip this off? So I did. <laughs> <laughs> and so the whole the whole point of Sonder is that as you go on, your character that you play as, who is called MC, which actually came from when we wrote all the characters. Um, we hadn't, we didn't have a name for the main character, so we reduced it to MC, like letter oh. M, letter C. And then we yeah, just yeah, found yeah. ourselves yeah. saying it so often that we just named him E-M-C-Y-M-C, just made it into a name. Um, like it. But the whole thing is that your character is very plain, very boring, very Captain Jack every man. Just imagine what's a 21-year-old Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game is very much played through your interactions with other people. Um, the world, the things going on in the world were happening before you were there and pretty much everything that would happen would have happened in the general direction had you have not been there as well. But you can, you know, get involved in other people's lives. So there's there's the main plot and then there's 12, I believe, side plots and each side plot either has a different ending to each side plot, like two different endings or it vastly changes how the main plot goes. So, for instance, if you send one person here or something happens to this person, then they won't be in this place to do this other thing. So someone else has to be there, which means that person's not there, blah, 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 blah. So the Sonder refers to very much like your character's boring, your character has nothing of interest, so you have to invest yourself in the lives of all these other people around you that live seemingly normal lives until you, you know, hold a microscope up to it. Sure. That's a really interesting idea. What are so like 
you know, you, you say that you're you're interacting with these people and you're you're sending them places. Like, what are the verbs of this game? Like, do you wander around a, an open environment and talk to people and send? You know, uh, how how does it play? Uh, so you've you've played Persona Four? Yeah. Yeah. Then you've played this. Um, okay. Essentially, like, gotcha. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like a semi-open world. So it's very much like everywhere is kind of interconnected. You have an open map we can go to. There's you know, a bunch of different environments, but it's all set on a different planet under a biodome. So this this society has been on this planet for about 500 years by the time you've woken up. Um, it's under a biodome on this planet, so it's kind of like a slightly futuristic city. Um, there's no aliens or anything like that. It's pretty much just a plot point uh, that builds off the two other games that we're developing in the future that we're, we're actually moving on to development of the second game at the moment. Um, um you know, I completely forgot the question. I just went off on my own. Professional. I mean, you it. If, it, if it plays like Persona 4, I, I, I kind yeah, of get the general yeah, sense. If, yeah. yeah, so you, you pick your responses, you run around, you choose who to talk to. So you do have like free run, just like, you know, in classic RPGs. Um, and then we're doing the thing that you fall asleep and progresses to the next day. So um, okay. on certain days, there'll be a set thing that happens on the calendar. And on days where something isn't set on the calendar, then you can run about and do what you want. So the story always progresses without you. If you mm-hmm. waste days, then you're not going to learn things about certain people. You can't do everything in one playthrough. So it's, you know, it kind of puts the emphasis on you choosing who you want to side with, who you want to like have relationships with. And um, we very much try to focus on not having good or bad answers. So every answer is essentially a shade of gray or an opinion. It's not actually like, Stab this dog. Don't stab this dog. Like, right. Unless huh. you know you really dislike dogs, yeah. in which case stabbing dogs is a good thing. I don't know. I'm not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, yeah, I've clearly like been following the development, uh, and I've like kind of had like ends on it. Like, I'm legitimately like, really excited about this game. Oh. It kind of, it yeah, it it evokes a lot of things. Like, I've been playing Final Fantasy 15, and I never. I never really had the attachment to, like, Final Fantasy VII that everyone else does, but, like, I really miss that kind of, like, world exploration. And, like, I know that, like, a few JRPGs really do it, but, like, the art style, like, I think it's Final Fantasy IX that I'm thinking of that it, like, kind of reminds me of a bit, like, the way that the character models look and um, how they kind of fit in the world. And, like, I'm, I'm actually, like, pretty excited about this game, like, watching the development and hearing a lot of stuff that goes on and, like, seeing a few of the scripts. I'm, like, I'm legitimately excited and also uh a couple of our friends you, you've put into the game and i w- i just want to fuck with plyler the character as much as i can oh yeah plyler gets fucked with quite a lot anyway <laughs> oh, good oh no yeah like i i always like i've tried explaining to like a few of our mutual friends like the time we uh that james was just like dead on our on my couch Oh, you mean the time that I accidentally got him super high and he nearly died? Yeah, he, <laughs> for, he was uh, like, and like just like a very, very little bit like that we that we got him like for like a normal human being like probably wouldn't affect him that much. He was gone for like sixteen hours and it was fantastic. Also, was can I just say what, what was the name of that weed shop we got it from? Um, the ounce. Okay, fuck that the, place the because th- this is what happened. I went in there. I said. <laughs> 
Hey, yeah, so the last few times I smoked weed, I've had a super bad time. I just want, like, the most mellow thing you can. Like, sativa is the one where it's just couch lock, right? And he's like, yeah, I mean, someone, that might be, it might be indica, I don't know. But I was pretty sure sativa's the couch lock one, indica's the visuals. He's like, yeah. So, okay, so yeah. I just want, like, a super mellow, super low THC uh, sativa. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, man, no worries. I'm not even going to bother <laughs> offending you with an accent. And um, he gave me this one, charged it, and I sat in the car. It's like 14% THC. I was like, I have no idea what that means. And that said, oh, it's an Indica Sativa blend. I was like, well, this guy, you know, he, he's chunky. <laughs> he clearly gets high a lot, so he, he knows what's right. And then, <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was your stereotypical stoner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, he was, he was wearing a T-shirt, so that's about as smart, smartly dressed yeah. as they get. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we smoked like... I put like the tiniest amount in this uh, joint and then me and James smoked it. It was like, oh no, yeah. it's completely fine. And James hardly, if ever, smokes weed. I think he's made like two, three times. Yeah. And I made like a slightly stronger one and we just descended into the depths of hell. Like both yeah. of us were just like, I, I constantly, I'm not sure if Mikey picked this up, but my fingers were just like digging into his sofa like I was being fucked from behind. Like yeah. my hand was just clenching into it. <laughs> I remember <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was, it was unfathomable. And then, yeah, yeah it's like, th- this guy, I told him, like, you know, I, you know, sometimes I used to have mental, mental problems. And he's like, yeah, weed's still for you. It's like, cheers, man. <laughs> I feel like you should be doing that. Nah. And yeah, yeah. you fuck so, me. So fuck that place. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Sonder sounds uh, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, no, like, legitimately, I, uh, I, you know, I, I'll, like, be eating alone somewhere, and I'll, like... <laughs> look around the room and i think i do experience saunder like pretty regularly to the point where i get sad thinking about other people's lives yeah, uh, yeah. and my, my partner always makes fun of me for it like it's, it's I, very un-american of you is it to, to recognize that other people have interests and needs and yeah. they have their own lives and yeah how dare you uh, well <laughs> might have a different experience than you yeah yeah i don't know but like people actually give me shit for like how it affects me sometimes. Like I can just watch a kid eating alone and I get like fucking emotionally wrecked. It's yeah. Weird. No, I, uh, you, you so have I no saying, idea how hard it was for me not to make a joke there. When you put a pause after <laughs> watching a kid make you eat, made you feel, I was just <laughs> gritting my fucking teeth. So Thanks for holding it in. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no, I was at a mall last night and like, there was just like a little kid just like completely like, not moving. He was like, you could tell, like, it was very clear that he was like kind of throwing a fit and he was like laying on the ground, like completely motionless. And I was like, Oh, look at this little <laughs> shitty kid. And then I, I got up really close and he, like, he was just like a, a few shades darker, uh, but looked exactly like my littlest brother. Oh. And I was like, Oh no. Like I was making a lot of really just dumb jokes about like, I'm going to go fuck with that little kid. Cause he's just like <laughs> laying in the middle of this mall, like courtyard. Yeah. And like, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna fuck with that kid. He's, what is he doing? And then I went up. It's like they look just like my little brother. It's like, oh fuck, this is a human being. Yeah. Wait, yeah, sorry. Folks. Can you just repeat what you were thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah. that right. We want to spice like, the audio I, a certain way that you. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm just uh, like, I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna make this joke. And Mike goes, I'm just gonna fuck that kid. No, I was yeah, like, <laughs> what? What? No, I was, I was gonna go up and like, like kick him. I was fuck, like, I'm fuck with him. What's he doing? Okay, right. I'm gonna kick this kid. <laughs> yeah, he's just laying in the middle of a mall. Yeah, like he's just like laying there, like dormant. I'm like, is he alive? I'm gonna go like kick him to see if he's alive. I say like, poke him with a stick. Let's not yeah. condemn Mikey too much for wanting to kick a kid because a minute ago he wanted to fuck him, so it's clearly an improvement. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. 
I need to choose the lesser of two evils here. I've, I've, sure. I've made my bed. I've made I my don't bed. think you do. I don't think you need to choose either of them. Leave the what video alone. games have we been playing this week? <laughs> uh, Brian, you want to go ahead and lead that conversation? Yeah, I, uh, I finished Kingdom Hearts Final Mix uh, on Sunday, uh-huh. I think after we recorded our podcast, and that was cool. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it, and so I jumped right into Chain of Memories, and I've been really enjoying it as well. Um, the, so what makes Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories different from like the, the, the two main games of the series is that it's based off of this card battle system where you get you engage in like active like fighting against enemies, um, but any of your attacks or your friends' attacks are dictated by the cards you have in your in your quote hand, mm-hmm. and so you can't attack unless you have a Keyblade card. You can't call Donald unless you have a Donald card. And there's a lot of really cool and intricate ways that the game uh, allows you to combo cards and um, play them based off of what cards the enemy has played. That doesn't make it feel like you're just playing like Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color or something. It, it actually feels like a very active and engaging combat system that I think makes you think a lot more from the get-go compared to King- like regular Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. I'm glad that's really good. I'm glad it sounds like that's aged well because I was really fond of it uh, when mm-hmm. it came out on the Game Boy Advance like 15 years ago or whenever that was. Uh, yeah. Like I, I remember I just got like, I never finished it, but only because I got to a, a boss battle. Uh, like the thing is like the final bo- uh, boss battle against Riku. And yeah. it, it was so fucking hard. And like, yeah. I, like 10 year old me couldn't figure out that game for the life of me. But uh, yeah, like I, like I had the exact same thought, like, Oh, how does this compare against like Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy Advance? Like, like I actually had that same train of thought and like, it's so active and like it tackles it in a very unique way. And this, the cards aren't complicated. It's like, Keyblade that does six, like Keyblade six, like that's like the, the damage scales with just a number, and it's just like the card. There's no like real like intricate, um, yeah. like oh like well this card adds this many mana to your hand while doing X damage to the opponent. It's like no, it's like just a very simple like this card it does this damage. Like it's a very consistent, uh, like mechanic throughout. And you fight Axel, one of the one of the antagonists in, in the beginning oh, of the right. game. That's where they introduced the. That organization thirteen or whatever they are. Yeah, and like I just had this <clears> moment <throat> where I was playing that boss fight, and I was like, and everything was clicking, and everything was like just perfect, and I was like, this game is is so cool. Yeah, so um, it, it's really good on the PlayStation. If if you ever have the urge to pick it up, hmm. like they've done a really good job of taking a Game Boy Advance game and putting it on a PlayStation, and it's great. Uh, did you ever play Betting Pythos? No. Um, this same similar kind of. Uh, combat mechanics it's really cool rpg from the gamecube that like kind of the same thing like just a lot of people think that the gamecube didn't have rpgs or games uh which like (laughs) there's some of my favorite rpgs around the gamecube bad and kaidos being one of them Hmm. um speaking of rpgs i've been playing final fantasy 15 yeah uh it took me like an hour or two of game time like you get past the tutorial which is garbage and then you're in this first area where you're like everything you can do is kind of limited, and like you first meet Cindy, and you're just kind of like, oh, like I forgot that they made this awful character design choice. Uh, and like it's just so weird and jarring being in Final Fantasy, but being in this open world. Um, and then once you get past, I think it's like 
they call it like chapter two. Like once you get past the first like really big story beat and everything opens up, that game gets pretty fucking great. Like I thought I was going to hate Final Fantasy 15. I didn't like the characters initially, but now that like I've had a lot of like the little moments between story beats where like the characters are just like kind of off the cuff interacting with each other. Uh, I've grown to really like it. And I think I said a couple weeks ago, uh, like it was just like very like Japanese in design in that like it's always like popping up menus and there's all these like little like you can kind of see clearly through like the game design where it's like oh yeah like they like kind of like you trigger this box and like it's very screen oriented like there's not a lot of like seamless stuff like you don't get into the car and just drive off you get in the car and it pops up a menu it's like okay where do you want to go how do you want to drive um but at a certain point you get past it and you really see the beauty of that game like i kind of despised it almost for my first like two or three hours and then i'm at the Mm. point now where i'm like totally enamored with it. I love doing just the really dumb, basic uh, filler side missions. How, how far are like, you into it? Like, what mission? Um, so I am around, like, level 20. I am at the point where you need to go meet... I forget what, what her name is, but, like, I can either go check out the Chocobo Forest, or I can go to this story beat where I need to meet uh, whoever the girl is that you send a message to via dog. Oh, uh, right. Have you have you only sent the message via dog once? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still pretty early in it. I'm, okay, that, that's why you still like the game. Yeah, so I, I know that there's a point where I'm going to not like it again, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I remember everyone's problem initially with 13 was, like, this game was just completely linear. And then once you actually get to the open world part of it, it's like, okay, well, fuck, like, I... I got used to the linear part of it. And now I'm just like dropping. You don't know how to play anymore. Yeah. yeah, and then like I hear that this game does the inverse of that, where it's like, all right, it's going to be open world, and then it's just going to cut off a lot of that shit, and then the story falls apart. But I'm enjoying it where I'm at now. Yeah, I mean, I I got through to level 35. I think I was mission 10, and then I just like you know what, fuck it, and I sold it because I. I'd had enough. It was, it was so close to greatness, and I was, you know, yeah. hype, hype train, choo choo, all aboard. Um, I looked yeah. at it. It was just like, you know, this game. This game kind of looks stunning. Um, you know, the characters are cool. When people said, "Oh, there's a bunch of dudes in it," you know, it needs more diversity in the characters. I didn't give a fuck because you know, Final Fantasy X two is all women, and I don't recall people burning down a house for that. Um, yeah. It, it you know it worked. The, the reason for it said oh the dynamic would have been different if there was a girl in it. That that's a bit bollocks. But ignoring yeah. their reasons for it, like it still mm-hmm. worked really well. The combat started off great, um, and then it proceeded to not go anywhere. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to escalate. It doesn't. That's that's the problem. Okay. It doesn't. So the magic that you got, the fire, lightning, ice, that never changes. You just get different buffs yeah. with it. Um, the boss I, I battles. Hate that, I hate how you equip it. Like, yeah, you like your D pad. You choose between four weapons. Like, certain enemies are like weak against axes, or they're weak against like a lance. Um, and like the way that you equip magic, and that they're uh, not permanent. Like, they are like single use. Yeah, like it, it's it's so fucking annoying. Like, I, I just don't even mess with magic at this point. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because it had the potential to be so great. I mean, the open world is not an open world. It's a fucking desert with four or five yeah. quote-unquote towns, which are just like two, three rows, and like one big town. There's a nice kind of yeah, Venice and it, and it, place. And it takes legitimately 
sorry. I say it's just like a nice Venice place that you visit like once. Um, yeah. And then like the Leviathan boss battle that you see in all the trailers, the actual game is nothing like it, and it's atrocious. The camera's mm-hmm. fucking all over the shop, like everywhere. It's it's just a very poorly designed game at that point. Like they got the foundations really well, and it kind of feels like weirdly enough though it took them so long that the game has been rushed yeah I can actually totally see that like I don't know why but they always like run into these stumbling blocks where things are going really well like I actually really liked Final Fantasy 13 up until the point where it dropped you in Grand Pulse the big open world area yes yeah, like I, I didn't have problems with the characters that everyone did like Sure, Vanilla got a, a little annoying, but like I got past it because I really liked Snow and Lightning, and uh, I really liked uh, Saz, I think was his name. Yeah, Zaz. Yeah, Zaz, 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 yeah. yeah. Is she the Australian um, one? No, that, that's the black guy. No, that was... Oh, yeah, yeah Zaz, yeah. Uh, v- Vanilla was the Australian girl. And, and I, to be fair, she did get a bit annoying, but it didn't quite like break the game like it did for a lot of people. There were me. two Australians, weren't there? That's the other one, because they're from Grand Pulse. The, the, uh, there, there might have been another one, but... I, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the girl that you get, like, very late. Yeah, black, black-haired yeah. girl with tribal yeah. tattoos. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, you, like when you get her is when that game, like, falls apart, because they had the combat system with the paradigms that I mm. actually loved, and then instead of, like, each character can be one of, like... They have their three paradigms out of, like, a total of, like, eight or nine, um, and you have to, like, mix and match the characters in your party based on that. Once you get to the open world, it just opens that wide up where any character can beat any of the paradigms. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, why did I spend 40 hours investing into these specific ones if you're just going to break it wide open? And that's the point where I just, I put down the game, like, all right, I'm just not going to finish this. Precisely. I um, mean, Final Fantasy has always had a problem when it mixes, like, different races and different, um, you know, countries into it. With It's always had a problem with stereotyping. So even if you look back at Final Fantasy Seven. Um, uh, Barrett again, like the first thing he's doing is like swearing constantly, and you can tell he's trying to say like yeah. motherfucker. He's got a gun yeah. attached to his arm, so they don't they yeah. really. Um, but I still love Final Fantasy VII, best game ever made. But then you get to um, <laughs> this Australian girl from Grand Pulse. I said, you know what? Let's make her a bogan. Let's just put tribal tattoos on her and just make yeah. her super violent. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's strange that like they always like really like come close to, like, brushing with greatness, and then they just find a way to just put their foot in their mouth and, like, just really drop the ball, like, right at the goal line. To mm-hmm. But I, I'm, super, I'm super nitpicky with that, though. Like, that—that that is... Yeah, because yeah, I... Uh, you're right, like, I really enjoyed it. I loved how the story was fed. Some of the characters are annoying, but it's quite a big, big cast, so you're always going to yeah. find a character or two that's going to annoy you. That's just... You can't like everyone. Um, I know yeah, that. that <laughs> I know that quite well. That game was so ambitious. Like, Final Fantasy XV was supposed to be part of the, like trilogy of Final Fantasy 13 games. Yeah, the Nova Crystallis like, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I, I remember like they had such like a big like they built the hype of like revealing Final Fantasy 13 like where they like they released the art like the classic Final Fantasy art like I forget the name of the artist but like, oh, I love that art. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And like they released all that and they like had this like great build to the reveal of what like was supposed to be the Novala Crystallis trilogy of games and like yeah, it, it, kind of like how we did with the Switch. I remember like watching like their like announcement of it and like getting really excited, and then uh, like n- now we're getting one of the games that they promised, you know, ten years later. Yeah, and and which is now just Final Fantasy fifteen, and yeah, like 
yeah, and like the 14, the original version of 14, they was just totally busted. Yeah. And you know, they eventually fixed it. And like, I actually adored uh, Final Fantasy 14. I played oh, like 45 hours of the good. I'd say it's probably the best yeah. Final Fantasy game in a long time when it's, you know, it's yeah. an MMO. And yeah. it's my favorite MMO that I've ever played. Mm. Like, I, I loved it. Like, I put 45 hours into the beta. And, like, I would have paid the 60 bucks. I would have paid the monthly subscription if I could have kept that character. But, like, and I understand that, like, they just wiped all the, uh, like, character data from the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the fact that I put so much time into a character in an MMO and then it was just gone, like, it was like, all right. You know, I and I paid, like, 45 hours of it for free. So I'm not, not really going to complain too much, but... And it's like, not I, like the community love it as well. Because when I was at E3, yeah. I, I just walked straight into the Final Fantasy 15 bit where you fought, like, um, Titan or whatever it is. Yeah, and, the big Titan. Yeah, but then I looked at the Final Fantasy 14 Realm Reborn, and it was packed, packed full of people just playing all doing yeah. this thing. And... You know, the support, the constant release of top-quality, high-quality... Um, is it... Ex- yeah, I guess it's expansions, like DLC expansions, whatever you want to call it. Like, they they have really... They've done something really great there. They've done what I would yeah. argue is probably one of the best MMOs ever. Um, and considering it yeah, goes it, up it, against, you know, Warcraft as well, like... Yeah. Especially now in, you know, 2017, where... You know, it's not like 10 years ago when, like, everyone was playing an MMO. Like, like now, like MMOs are more of an afterthought. Like, like WoW's yeah. numbers are down quite a bit, and like they're pretty people, niche. Like, that yeah. Be, yeah, that's what people used to make, and now everyone's making MOBAs. And like yeah. the fact that they can, you know, when well, I think it was twenty fourteen that they released a Realm Reborn and to have it be successful, while also being fully paid, while like Star Wars can't even have a, a successful MMO when they go free to play. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think it's pretty remarkable and speaks to how good that game actually is. That uh, 14 is still kicking. Well, 11 is sure. still kicking. Like, people still yeah, play my, the balls off 11. My, my brother played that up until probably about like three or four years ago. Hmm. Like, he he loved 11. Um, I, I actually tried it and I couldn't get into it, but 14 I adored. But yeah, just... Yeah, like, 12 had its issues. Like, I I can't remember the last... Like, I think 7 was probably the last, like, like truly great Final Fantasy I think eight got a lot of, uh, or hate, didn't get I, enough recognition. I, I hate eight. Oh, it's so It's bad. a weird one. I, I played it. I, I, I played really about hate two, eight. three years ago. Hundred percent of it, and at the end of it, I was like, I'm so glad this game is over. Especially the ending is just super <laughs> weird. And then people saying, "Oh, school's dead." So no, you're you're just a moron. Like school, yeah. school. But but he is the most handsome boy in the school. He is. He is the most handsome boy in the school with his rocky Don't face. <laughs> I uh, I've been trying to find a way to legally play uh, Final Fantasy VI, um, but I don't have a Game Boy Advance, Advance, and I don't want to play the PS One version on Vita because it's like emulating the load times of a disc, and those, <laughs> really? those ports aren't. Yeah, like if you're if you're playing an old PS One game that had multiple discs or, or anything actually on on a Vita, like y- you're getting the load times from a ported SNES game. Like I, it's, I play it's that really one. bizarre. Um, did you did you find that it was uh, bearable? Yeah, like, I, I literally okay. had. Well, I didn't like the game. Um, okay. I I, I super I, I super appreciate what six did. Seven is better than six, but seven would have never been anywhere near as great as it <laughs> would be if six didn't exist. Like seven ripped off six yeah. for quite uh, a lot of it. 
the, the, mm-hmm. a little bit of inside baseball. This was a constant discussion at Pulp on the website that we wrote for. Like, <laughs> Which Final Fantasy always, is the best? Yeah, a lot of Final Fantasy arguments. Um, and <laughs> and I remember when George said that six was bad. Just like everyone just like kind of stopped Whoa. for a second. I was like, wait, did George say that? Yeah, and I was like, I'm also editor in chief, so you know that kind of yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Where everyone was like. What? Um, yeah, but, and then if you want to play six on iPhone, they completely just destroyed the like the art style. I, 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 yeah. think, I think no matter what, like you can, you know, Final Fantasy six is a gorgeous game. Like I feel like that's not as debatable as to the like to like the quality of the game as a whole. But like the fact that the iOS version of it, like they just totally just tossed all that out the window. I think is an atrocity. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, we have uh, to. We have to move on. We've been talking about Final Fantasy for for, yeah. for a bit. Uh, real quick, I haven't played much new, but if if you're interested at all about Mini Metro, uh, which I've talked about a bunch, um, Waypoint ran a really great article uh, in which a transit planner um, kind of analyzed the game and talked about um, what it got right in terms of actually building rail systems and bus routes for cities. It's a super interesting read, and uh, it's interesting to know. Um, like the developers didn't do any research on uh, when they were building this game and it's amazing what they got right. And then they like heard feedback from transit planners and uh, adjusted the game. So that it was a little bit more accurate and uh, it's a cool read. Um, and then with Titanfall two, which I do play on the reg and I did George, you and I were just talking a little bit about how we play this every day. Yeah, uh, I was, <laughs> I was reaching a point where I felt like I was like not getting any better. So I wanted to try playing it differently, and I overheard someone on a podcast mention that they mapped the jump button to L1 in Doom um, to make it feel more like Quake. So you can like I'm playing on console, so uh, you so you can like you can move the the cursor while jumping without taking your hand off the your thumb off the um, thumbstick. Um, and for me, it's like totally changed the way I play, and I'm not good at it this way, but uh, I I'm learning a new way to play a game that I love, which is really cool. Nice. I'm I'm one of those guys that like saves all my uh, scores. In fact, I've just uploaded one to uh, Skype. No, I'm I'm uh, I I I fucking love this game. I cannot. I I bought uh, the new Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Fantastic yeah. uh, campaign. Terrible multiplayer. Um, I bought Battlefield One. A uh, bit of a shitty campaign. I didn't like the multiplayer, but I can totally see like it's a beautiful game, and it's it's just not for yeah. me. I can totally get it. Titanfall. I feel the same way about Battlefield. Oh, it's yeah, it's just it pigeon. Why am I playing as a pigeon? So oh, it's so serene. <laughs> for that section, I literally just just out of curiosity, I was like, if I die as a pigeon, I don't give a fuck. So I let go of my keyboard <laughs> and mouse, and then the level just played itself. I said, oh, just that. So all oh, you can it gives you controls for the pigeon. But if you yeah. literally don't control the pigeon at all, it still flies safely back home. So, well, mm. yeah. uh, whatever. But Titanfall yeah. 2, their campaign, short, but so, so, so good. And the multiplayer mm-hmm. just, again, just so, 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 so good. And it's tragic. I was playing this morning, um, and I just did the usual, like, you know, good luck, have fun, kind of GLHF uh, when we jumped in. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone was chatty, everyone was joking, and then someone said, love you too, and I was like, thanks, daddy, and it's all, like, jovial. And then, <laughs> and it was quite tragic, because someone said, oh, please don't let the community die, please don't let this game die. And then I responded, thinking I was funny, what is dead may never die. And that fucked him off, because like, oh, the community's not dead, there's 3,000 people playing online. I was like, that's, that's not a lot, but it's... 
Oh, oh God, I just can't, I can't comprehend just what, what majesty Respawn has done with their nimble fingers. It's oh. so good. Oh, it's, it's, um, <laughs> I, I often wonder about that because like the way they set up the servers that it's like region based, right? So you're playing with people who are nearby, right? Or on the same server or something. Ideally, um, yes, but I, that doesn't happen anymore because there's not enough people playing. Oh, it's okay. I wonder if it's you're playing on PC. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing on PC. It, you, it puts you into a server, and it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they do this on console where when you're on PC, you know, you can like do your clans, your faction sort of thing, and you can like join yeah. join one, and then you can just chat with people in there. And on the PC mm-hmm. PC version, while you're loading a game, you're still kind of in there just chatting to other people, like in your groups. So I'm on the Reddit group. Um, yeah. And so when I'm on there, we're just chatting while it's searching for a game and stuff like that. And yep. it's, 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 it does so much right, so, so much right. Like the regeneration system, like you can regenerate mm-hmm. your guns, your titan, and your player, just the perks. Everything feels fair. If you're just a pilot on your own, you can still, you know, take down titans if you're kind of like good yep. enough, or you can run and hide. It's like, ah, ah, it's just... I love that game. Ah, it's it's so and it's just fucking tragic that people aren't playing it because you know the team Call of Duty or team Battlefield. So just team Titanfall, man. Just sack those two off. They've had their crown. It's fallen. I actually haven't had. Go ahead, go ahead, Mikey. I was gonna say I feel like EA really did a total disservice to Titanfall two by releasing it right next to Battlefield one, another one of their first-person shooters. Like, I feel like that is a huge problem on their part like Mm -hmm. the fact that they would release two of their biggest games of the year that are you know i i I understand that they're like they play differently and that they're like different settings and would appeal to different audiences but like they have to realize that like people aren't gonna like pick up a first person shooter and then drop another 60 bucks on another one a month Mm -hmm. later like and yeah you're 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 right there i don't understand that and ea are clearly gonna blame respawn for this and because that's just what they do but you just look at, like, Titanfall 2 said, right, all the DLC, or, like, we're going to have a bunch of free DLC. And they had. They've, you know, new maps, new kind of, like, executions. they got this new mode coming out. Mm-hmm. All this new stuff that's completely free. It just it just appears there, and it's great. And I'm going to keep coming back to this game over and over. If they do DLC for it, well, I don't generally agree with pay DLC in this kind of fashion, like the one where they hold stuff back from development. If they do for yeah. Titanfall 2, I'm going to buy it because I want to support this game. I Me too. Yeah. It's it, it should be there because people need to hold games to a higher standard now and they're just not because yeah. they're used to being forced by the same bullshit time and time again. And Mike, yeah. you know how critical I am about games in general or yeah. everything, people, life, my own personal yeah. life. <laughs> Yep. And the fact that I'm looking at Titanfall 2 and saying, this is how you do a futuristic first-person shooter. Yeah, it's no, he, uh, yeah, I, I know that you're especially, yeah, with games, you don't like to mince words or anything like that. So the fact that you're so enamored with it is says a lot. But uh, yeah, like you look at, I think EA just totally with this game from start to finish is just totally like, worked against its interest, like, with their Twitter campaign, where they're, like, asking people, like, like, people, who, like, they, like, we're searching people who are saying, like, I'm looking for a new game to play, like, I'm sick of playing this game. Like, have you tried Titanfall 2? And people who are like, oh, I've played Titanfall 2 in a while, it's like, you should pick up Titanfall 2 again. Yeah, like, it's pretty messed like, up. De- like, desperately, like, harassing people to play their video game. Oh, um, yeah. And then, like, what's, like, nothing's coming out right now. 
they could have released it right now, like which is I, I think when Doom came out last year, uh, and, like, uh, around then, yeah, yeah, like and everybody like adored it and like played the fuck out of it, and I, I, I came to it late, but like nothing's out right now. Like, I know it would have been out. a good time for sure, or like, summer. It would have been a really good summer game. Yeah, yeah. like I, I was gonna say March, but now with the Switch, not March, and, um, and Mass Effect and everything so, else. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Waypoint. They were saying like okay, Horizon. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out of, like at the very tail, like the last day of February, and then Mass Effect, and like March would have been a bad time, but like right now, like where there's no first person shooters, like like I, I if Titanfall two came out right now, I would have bought it, and I would be playing it probably right yeah. now. Like yeah. it's just the fact that they released it sandwiched between Battlefield and Call of Duty is just. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible decision making. Yeah, and it's it's just something that you see very much in kind of like old money kind of things. So like mm-hmm. Nintendo, the business side, yeah. old money, EA, old money, Activision, Bobby Kotick, Satanic Money. Um, it's just all these things that <laughs> people clearly. I I don't understand how they can. Ah, it's it's it boggles. It frankly boggles the fucking it's mind. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah. I haven't actually had any trouble playing on PlayStation 4 with other people, but I think it's because I'm in a populated area where a lot of gamers live. But if I was like in the middle of the country, I don't know how, how much luck I'd have. Um, yeah. Well, and and I, I feel like PC, like their audiences have their things, and I feel like it's probably doing better on consoles. I, I think imagine. so. Yeah. Yeah. At least like taking the total population. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, it's probably doing better on PS4. But, uh, mm-hmm. well, I mean, everything yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been going a little long, and that's fine, but um, we should move into our hot takes, uh, unless there's any other games you guys want to shout out yeah. that you've been playing. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, a game that's up for free on the Ant- or the Google Play Store and on uh, the App Store. Yeah. I've been playing a game called Hidden My Game by Mom, and it's a very absurd Japanese puzzle game where it's you awesome. have to find yeah you have to find your DS after your mom hides it from you. <laughs> um, it's it's free. It takes like my I uh, made my friend who doesn't play video games whatsoever play it last night and we got through it in maybe like a half an hour. Yeah, it's super um, easy, but it's really clever and unique. I, yeah, I like there, I, I, there's no way I could describe it and do a service to it. Just go download it. It's free. Uh, Hidden my game by mom, and it's it's beautiful. And there's a sequel that just came out too. So two free puzzle games that you should go check out and play and have a really good laugh at. Like when we were talking about, you never like smile like that when you play games with the switch. Like I actually was playing mm-hmm. in my game by mom like that. Downloading right now. It's good. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, uh, my hot take is that foreign TV is way better than American TV, uh, between like terrace house and I, I think really just like reality TV and stuff like that. Cause I've been watching a lot of like British like panel shows lately. Mm-hmm. I, I know that George has opinions on those. Uh, I like them. But, uh, I think they're good. Oh, you do? I, I, I thought they hated them. Uh, we, you have to understand that what you guys get in America for our panel shows are like the top panel shows. Uh, there, there are quite there. There are a handful of panel shows in England, to put it lightly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I found those. I've searched. I found the the bad ones. But like, we have this game show that Alec Baldwin hosts, where it's like. They just pull a bunch of random celebrities, and it just looks like hot garbage. Mm. And I, I don't know if it's like your guys' like personalities and comedians that like they're just like smarter about like pulling the good ones instead of just getting like the name recognition of like a lot of people that they'll throw on ours here. But just like I've been watching Big Fat Quiz 
eight out of ten cats. Um, eight out of ten cats. This countdown is also really good. Like I, I pretty much just search like what's Richard Ayoade and Jimmy Carr and uh, uh, David Mitchell on. Like, and I'll just watch any of those. Yeah, I, well, that's kind of thing. Like, uh, over here, we don't really have guests on to advertise stuff, whereas in America, everything seems to be motivated by business and advertising, which is completely understandable. That's yeah. how you pay for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, over here, like, you have... So, like, 8 out of 10 cats has a relatively set panel. Uh, QI is probably a better example mm-hmm. of that. You've usually got, like, three or yeah. four familiar faces and a couple of randos in there. So, you know, if they can't carry the humor over, then you've got the other set people. Um, yeah, no, like I, I watched the first big fat quiz and it had like Sharon Osbourne and Gordon Ramsay on it. And I was like, this is weird after watching mm. the later ones where they're just like, no, we're just going to get really fucking hilarious people. And yeah, that's, that's what you want to watch. Um, yeah, like Russell Brand used to be on it like every year. Yeah, Russell and, Brand and Noel Fielding. Yeah, and, and now they do Richard Ayoade and Neil Fielding all the time. And like, it, it's great. Like, I, I didn't, like, I was just like, oh, like, it's the end of the year. Like I was like, I wonder if there's one of those big fat quizzes. Like I had nothing to watch, and then like I watched it, and I think uh, Rob Delaney was on it with Richard Ayoade, and like it, it was just a fucking phenomenal panel. Of, like, and then I just went down this rabbit hole, and I still haven't gotten out of it in like three weeks. Mm. So uh, David Mitchell as well as David Mitchell, Charlie Brooker, they're usually on it in some some variety. Yeah, David Mitchell from a uh, Peep Show. Yeah, and Charlie Brooker, of course, from uh, Black Mirror, Dead Set, Screen yeah. Wipe. Um, and also, uh, Terrace House is the Japanese reality show that I have been forcing my friends to watch. It's just, it's like, it's like Big Brother, but everyone's not an egotistical maniac. They're normal human beings, and it's really funny and sweet and sincere. Yeah. And the, the second season starts on the 24th of January, and I'm fucking ecstatic about it. Every time yep, I watch Big Brother, I just think that it's a real missed opportunity for a plane crash. Like, if they could... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, like, we know what happens Frog every get year. Plane crash? Like I says, didn't Nigel Farage get in a plane crash a few years ago, George? Well, I don't know. He's still around. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying that we should try that again. Like, <laughs> Nigel Farage's plane, Big Brother house, one fell swoop. Well, ISIS are constantly thinking, like, how... How do we reach out to people? And, well, ISIS, if you're listening to this for whatever reason, but Big Brother Big Brother happens every year. It's in the same house. You should know where it is by now. I'm not saying you're going to recruit many people, but some people will be like, oh, I can kind of see their point. So just keep that in mind. Um, Brian, what is your hot take? Uh, I think my hot take is if you are in any way a fan of Kingdom Hearts, I'm going to jump back on this bandwagon and you don't remember Chain of Memories or haven't played it, uh, you should give it a chance because it's definitely a sleeper hit of the series. Yeah, okay. no, the, I, I feel like people get lost in the uh, side games because there's they've there, there's exponentially more side games to Kingdom Hearts than actual mm-hmm. games um, in the proper series. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really easy to just totally dismiss all of them, but Chain of Memories is the, the one that I actually like definitively enjoyed like i played most of them and i was like i think i like that game yeah. but uh chain of memories is the one that i really adored um, i might try to stream too if i get a capture box when i start playing it i feel like that would be a pretty fun thing to put on the facebook totally yeah. it might bring people to us a little bit more yeah because they love Disney. Is that sweet kingdom parts chain of memories seo yeah. <laughs> no no two i mean oh two but yeah okay. <laughs> uh george hey Oh, right, yeah. Hot take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hot take. Uh, Dungeon of Dragons is now for jocks, so beat it, nerds. Uh, basically, uh, 
your last bastion of solitude with your other nerdy friends is no longer your own. So run screaming for the hills, children, because now the big uh, boys are coming in. Uh, LARPing is the new Dungeons and Dragons for nerds. That's right. Another yeah. good opportunity for a plane crash. You might have to be more accurate. But... <laughs> um, yeah, like where people would always call fantasy football, like Dungeons and Dragons for jocks. Like, I feel like... <laughs> That's a oh, super okay, like, good... <laughs> I've never yeah. heard that before. That's really accurate. Uh yeah, and then, like, okay, like, th- this numbers and, like, fictional stuff, like, is actually kind of fun. Then, yeah, like, working your way into Dungeons & Dragons. I think just tabletop in general has, like, lost a lot of its, like, stigma. Yeah. Um, like, I, I'm grow- or I'm in a city that has a bunch of, like, board game shops that are, like, cafes where you, like, go in there and get, like, drinks and food. And they have, like, a just a big wall of board games you can just play. And, like, I feel like a lot of that stigma is gone and that's like led into people getting into D and D like a lot yeah. of it is. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody like, plays games now. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a credit to wizards of the coast for making fifth edition, like incredibly accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, like a lot of people are playing D and D now, like, and largely because they made a version of it that is not just completely convoluted. Yeah. I mean, I'm the DM of our group and I, I have, oh, I, I have you, no you idea. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got the starter edition and they're just like, Oh yeah. The instruction manual. So <laughs> reading, um, so I just kind of yeah, make it up like, as I go along. Um, and people seem to enjoy yeah, it. And that's, 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 that's the main thing. Is that if people are having fun, then you're doing it. I was like, yeah, sure, roll roll for this. Yeah, you can punch that. There's a badger. Yeah. You can punch it in the penis. Like, you need to roll high accuracy because, you know, <laughs> it's a badger penis. And <laughs> yes. if, they're, if uh, they're enjoying it, they're enjoying yeah, it, you know? Yeah. In, in our campaign, you, like, uh, like cucked a wizard or a warlock out of his zombie army. Oh, good old Barry. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, do you just totally... Oh, God, Evan was, like, so, like, I don't know how to resolve this, but you're, like, I steal the zombies, and, like, you rolled, like, a critical 20, and you're, like, well, I can't not give you the zombies. So I had zom- I had 20 zombies with was, me. Yeah. Uh, you had to chain them up outside the town, like, like a bunch of horses. Yeah, because they, they wanted to... was it? They wanted to make sure, like, it said, oh, you go into the town, people see that you have a lot of zombies around you, and they are not happy yeah. about it. I said, okay, I, yeah, don't worry guys, these zombies are completely under the control. They do not believe you. I yeah. said, okay, I want to make them all do the thriller dance, and I rolled a natty 20. And so they all did the thriller dance, yeah. and then I was just sat in the bar surrounded by 20 zombies doing the thriller dance. And that's where Barry was left yeah, two with, years ago. And I like with, to think he's still drinking. On your face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah, like the, the current D&D is basically like, you just ask, like, can I do this? And it's like, all right, roll to see if you do it. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, yeah, it's not totally, like, restricted by rules, and, like, it's that's very great. freeform and, like, accessible. It's, great. it's a power fantasy anyway. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if, if you don't know how to do something, if the other players, if the players don't know that you don't know the technicalities, make something up. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just sure. do it. Just- yeah, you can just totally wing it. Like, we don't play with, like, Oh, you need to worry about like finding food and eating every, you know, like it's like no, like just fucking play D and D. Like let's just play a game. Like, and I understand people who do like the like. Oh, we need to go forage for food and we need to find a a water source and like, yeah, that that's, I, I think that's what most people don't want to do. Like, no, I just yeah, it's a power fantasy. Like, I I just want to go kind of dick around and do stuff that I can't do in real life. Like, I don't want to try to survive. Like, I'm, yeah. we're already doing that. Yeah. Just want to walk um, around, kill kill orcs, and burn warlocks' tents. Yeah. Word. Um, I'm going to keep mine very short, because I thought of it. I think the new series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix is bad. I think oh, you man. are a criminal. 
That's fine. I, I loved it. Thank I'm... you for listening to fans of the genre. <laughs> we, uh, George, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, it's been welcome. cool to get like uh, a different perspective on things and to hear from an actual developer. Thank you um, so much for having me. It's been, it's been a joy. You already said pleasure. So that was the word I was going to yeah, use. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to say thank you for calling me a developer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost corrected myself and said producer. But uh, you're a dev. You're making games. It's I think it yeah, counts. It's so. all right. I'll take the credit. The rest of my team can cool. suck it. <laughs> Fuck you, James. <laughs> um, hey, if anyone wants to find more information on Sonder and follow its development, where can people go? Uh, just from Facebook. New York City. <laughs> um, yeah, New Donks. Just go to Facebook. Uh, team Wood Salt. Um, rather. Uh, arrogantly, I named it after my online persona, which is Wood Salt. Uh, wood as in a tree, wood and salt as in I put too much of it on my dinner and I'm likely to have a heart attack soon. And, and your avocados. And my avocados, Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah, you, you put like a full container of salt on an avocado and just spoon it. Yep. Yeah, makes sense to me. Damn straight. Um, you can find more uh, on fans of, on this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere. Um, you can find us on Twitter at fans of genre, Facebook at fb.me slash fans of the genre, where we're streaming a little bit more. Um, it's a little irregular, but we're having fun with it. And um, um, also fotg.zone. That's right. That's the best website. Yeah. Effort, it's good. Um, cool. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Peace.